The Bills have a new stadium. NFL overtime rules have changed in the postseason. The Sabres may or may not make a run to the cup next season. Some thoughts on the March Madness Final Four and some hot takes, trivia, and more. After this, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. Once again, they call me Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill. Skin them up, him them, so I'm up in those kilts. Up in those kilts, up, up in those kilts. Man, you don't want to go up in those hills. Up in those hills, up, up in those hills. You better be where they clear Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Will Brees Hall end up in Buffalo? Also, some investigating on the fall of the Eichel Tower in Vegas. Do you believe in miracles? Because the Amherst sure need one to make the postseason. All of this with some hot takes, trivia, and more, right here on the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, hot takes, and more. The Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. And Dom, you know, yeah, last night, I think we got a text in our group chat from the producer letting us know that it was the 100th episode. So, yes, you're, you're viewing the 100th edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. It's been a wild ride for about, what, a year and a couple months now? What, March? March of 22. March of 22. So I um about a year and a half. Yeah, about about a year and a half, hundred episodes. Um, we're gonna be getting a lot more, especially with football season and hockey season starting soon. Um, you know, it's been it's been a ride so far. It's the been gingy the statistician. Yeah, we right even there. had the statistician. If you're if you're watching on video, you could see him in the back. Um, what was he was doing homework while he was watching the draft or something back there? Yeah, but, he was doing some presentation about yeah, some physicists. Some presentation that was the one year special on there now from six months ago, which is. Wild. We drafted our all-time Bills team, right? Is that that's what Bills, we Bills, Sabers, and miscellaneous. And yeah. uh, we, then we, uh, you know, the producer's it, first appearance. Producer's and... first appearance, and I think was that the only appearance, or was I, there another? I can't one? remember if that was his first or second appearance because I think it might have been a second appearance. Second the appearance. first appearance there... might have been when I was soloing, and I needed we needed to get someone at the end. Oh so. yeah, that's right. So, yeah, but my moving week. Camera, my his, moving his week. First yeah, on camera appearance. Yes, as the quote-unquote producer, not a streamyard presentation. Um, you know, and now we're, we're cooking in the studio again, we're getting back to, to the roots here and, you know, there's nothing better than, I don't know, being live. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like there's in, so, person. in person, like it's so much more, um, I don't know what genuine, you know what I mean? Like you and I are having a genuine in-person interaction. We're leaving the COVID world behind of the online and zoom meetings. Well, as and all that. Voldemort said to Harry Potter, oh, I can boy. touch you now. So. What did you, what did you just say? As Voldemort said to Harry Potter. You said his name. You're not supposed to say his name. Uh, so you only say don't say his name if you fear him. I don't fear him. So. Oh, you don't fear Vol- Okay. All right. All right. When you can't sleep for three weeks, don't come crying to me. But anyway, 100th episode. Nothing too special. Except the Bills got a good win for us. Right? I know. Well, we first would just like to thank all the listeners who've been here since yes, day one. Yeah, because that too. Yeah. We're going to be completely <laughs> honest. The first couple pods are brutal. I mean... Not brutal, but we're you know we're they building were it from the ground up. If you listen to the first pod of right now, I think Joe and I have both improved, and um, oh, hopefully the whole show has improved. <laughs> I mean, we had a topic, of, we talked about boxing at one point. Yeah, and all I know about Golf. boxing, uh, Rocky Balboa. So yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's the extent of my boxing. Let's put it this way: one person was taking the conversation serious, and then Joe and I were um, out. Talking movie boxing. Yes, movie boxing. boxing is the best boxing at times, though. Rocky, yeah, so. Rocky one through four, and then. Omitting five was some of the best boxing cinema out there. And then but the Creed movies just take it. We do want us to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate all you guys sticking with us. And and the more of you that have come along in the past little while here. I mean, we're seeing an uptick. 
uh, getting ready for, well, we were getting ready for football season. We're in it now. We're happy to have everyone aboard and Sabre season coming up. You know, as you heard in that intro, we've had faith from the beginning, from the beginning of the pod. The Sabres may or may not make a run to the cup. So we'll be here for it. And uh, again, appreciate, like Dom said, appreciate every one of you listening out there. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, um, year, year and a half ride, and it took us probably a year to actually sit down and actually do one. We so might it have. Was, it was a three year. It was there, a, there it was, is, there's raw footage of a first attempt in January of, or December, December of 2021. 2021 of Dom and I sitting in my garage with no microphone, my phone camera just sitting up. And we said, there's no way this would work. There's no way. Yeah. Like we wanted to do it, but there was no way that was going to work. And here we are. Just the two of us, get it? It's my one of my fantasy football team names. Just the two of us, and uh, we're sitting here under two years later at 100 episodes. Right, exactly. So I, I, it's it's been surreal. Um, it's been, I mean, to be picked up by the Cas Source and Sportsy Plus networks like that was unforeseen. Um, that came at a crazy time where, um, you know, there were there were some things that were possibly on the table that weren't anymore and you know that came at a good time and then since we've partnered with uh the cas source team and the sports e plus team it's been it's been a fun ride since would you agree absolutely yeah helped us grow we're growing even more but what do you say we get into this fantastically orchestrated game the bills played on sunday at 1 p.m against the raiders let's di- let's dive right into it Alrighty. so if we are ready here first thing i want to do is go over the guy who was written off a week ago as not even a top five quarterback in the NFL, if, if you're okay with that, and go through some of the tu- most of the touchdown scoring drives because I think we only had one touchdown in that Jets game. It was or yes, yeah, one touchdown. Yeah, one touchdown in that week one. So let's just let's let's roll in the bath of touchdowns from this week. What do you say? Five touchdowns. Five five, five clips. Five clips. Five touchdowns. And the first one we're going to start off with. We have Latavius Murray. He bumps and grinds his way through the absolute unit of an offensive line. Probably one of the best games. I mean, talking about one guy in the offensive line, Spencer Brown, but I didn't think Murray was going to get there, and he just pounded his way right through the offensive line. It was something that we've the Bills have wanted to see for so long out of a, not a power runner necessarily, but a guy who's going to be able to be that goal line guy. Yeah. Not a, sending your quarterback up the middle for a goal line rush. You know what I'm saying? Well, a downhill goal line yes. runner who, if you see on the clip, it's good blocking. Right. It's the offensive four, line really well, showed it's up. It's a four-yard touchdown, and he probably gets three-ish yards down the field without even getting contact, which is yep. really good. And then he gets hit at the probably half-yard line. Has really good contact balance and able right. to stay upright for the touchdown. So absolutely, and Latavius Murray, this is his sixth team in his career. He produces on every team he's a part of. So happy to have him aboard. Um, really looking forward to it. But the next touchdown, if we're ready, Dawson Knox wide open in the corner of the end zone as Josh rolls out to the left, and he completes the touchdown with his first reception of the season. And with this touchdown reception, Dawson Knox now has the second most career receiving touchdowns by a Bills tight end with 21 scores. So, not not too bad for Dawson drops a couple of years ago, right? I mean, what do, what do you what do you think? I yeah. I think he he's been solid since um, the 2021 season when he really kind of showed up. You know, it's a it's a shows Josh's sleight of hand. He's very he's it's one of the more elite things that Josh does that goes unnoticed is the play action fake. Uh, you see the left cornerback uh, really biting, kind of beat his feet, kind of caught in concrete there, and Josh able to get kind of the perimeter and get the defense focused on him and hit Knox for the easy score. Yeah, Dawson Knox, a reliable target in the end zone. Next, though, we have a freak play. Not really a freak play, but a very interesting play to watch here. We have Josh Allen on second and 10, getting swallowed up in the pocket, just whips it to Khalil Shakir's only reception on the day is for a touchdown only reception of the season only reception of the season so far is for a touchdown so he comes through big there um Josh Allen being swallowed up in the pocket not collapsing to the pressure the throw little little shaky of a ball but he, he made it there a low pass got right into Shakir's hands I mean you couldn't have asked for anything better there and that's prime red zone Josh Allen right there I mean not caving to the pressure staying solid and getting it done I mean we've seen that for years Kansas City divisional round game. He had a similar throw to Diggs being swallowed up. He rolled out, but you know there was a lot of that. Well, it's just a freak play by a freak athlete, so. right? I mean, who that, was written it, off last it's week? A, it's a good play against the <laughs> blitz to stand tall in the pocket. Three hundred pound D lineman coming at him, just side in the little sidearm action. Yeah, play by Shakir to take the 
DBs into the end zone and uh, right. a big score before the half for the Bills. Yeah, absolutely needed that. We got the ball back after the half, too, so that was a massive score. Next touchdown we're going to go to, Gabe Davis. This is a great, great catch. Fourth and goal. They go for it. McDermott was aggressive yesterday going for it on fourth down. Josh Allen whips it. Gabe Davis jumps up, taps both feet down in the end zone, and gets the touchdown. So that adds another six points to the board there. It was 21-10. to 10, And, you know, it's, it's, it's just Gabe Davis, right? You see that where last season he had that ankle injury. He didn't produce as much. He was written off by a lot of the media saying where was where is the guy who caught four touchdown passes in the divisional round game it's good to see him getting involved he was involved heavily yesterday too he played a big part in the bills win and um you know it's it's good to see gabe davis making catches like that in the end zone on yeah, fourth and goal had too. six for 92 and a touchdown so good another freak play by josh to be yep. able to throw that on the run and it's a smart play by davis to kind of just sit there and let the defend you know the Defender kind of not know how to play the situation, overlap him to give the space uh, necessary for Josh to find him, and uh, good, good catch, good throw, good score. Yeah, absolutely. And for the final touchdown of the day, a former New England Patriot who we watched run 45 times on the Buffalo Bills in a Monday night football game busts into the end zone for another six on the board, and it's his first touchdown as a Buffalo Bill and in Highmark Stadium. So it's... Uh, it's, it's cool to see. He even comments on it after the game saying it's nice to hear cheers instead of boos. So, um, I don't know. Damian Harris, he's one, he's another one like Latavius Murray, that more powerful smash mouth up the middle running back. And, um, you know, we'll talk about the running back room in a little bit here, but one of the better performances. Um, it was just it, they're a collective game. You see not one person repeated score-wise. Yeah, you got you had five. You spread the wealth. Scores. Everyone no, got a piece of the pie. No, no Stefan Diggs. Uh, no Dalton Cade. But uh, Diggs, that Diggs screen pass sticks out to me though. Which screen pass? They threw a screen to Diggs on the left side of the field, and he gassed and just flew for the first down. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking. Do you know? About. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like that. Diggs got involved, not in the scoring necessarily, but when you needed him to be there to get the first, he did. Um. You know, it's, 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 it was, I guess if to put it, I'm not going to sit here and say last weekend was horrible offensively. It was just the turnovers really that, that killed it. Cause if you look, I mean, if you pull up, if you look at Allen, right, the only difference truly, truly the biggest difference was the three interceptions in that fumble. Right. So that like, but 29 for 41 in week one, 236 yards, 70.7% completion percentage, one touchdown, three interceptions, sacked five times, uh, 62.7% rating, and then a QB rating of 59.0. So, I mean, week one, though, 29 for 41, week two, 31 for 37. So not exactly the same, but close to the same metrics. Uh, 274 yards, had a little more passing yards. This is passing only. And uh, completion percentage-wise, he was 83.8, which is much better and three touchdowns to zero interceptions. That's the big highlight of the day sacked twice. He had a pass rating of 124.5 and a quarterback rating of 79.5. And this makes him Josh Allen has five career games with three passing touchdowns while completing at least 80% of his passes. And that makes him the first before turning 30 in NFL history to hit that stat. For a guy that was completely written off a week ago by the national media, I wouldn't say that's too bad, would you? I mean, to have that accolade uh, associated with your name, I just, I think it's, you know, week one overreaction was big time. Uh, yes, it was a disappointing loss, but you see how they came out and just executed. And even Josh said that, like he, he, not that he wants the feeling of last week again, but he liked the feeling of last week. It set everything in perspective. And I don't know, I feel like that fueled the team and, you know, Dorsey had some great play calling this week, and a lot of people were coming at his head last week. Um, truthfully, it, it's this was one of the better, smarter offensive games the Bills have played in a long time. So it was it was exciting to see that. What are you, what are you, now? We, we we get your analysis here. What do you think? Yeah, obviously they they took what the the defense gave them. They were able to run the ball really effectively. They were able to have a productive game plan to stop Max Crosby from taking over the football game. I didn't hear so. his name one time. I mean, you heard it because he's a star, but like he wasn't making a lot of no. plays in the backfield, and it's a credit to Ken Dorsey, Aaron Comer, and Joe Brady to have a really good uh, offensive game plan where they they really consistently ball- move the ball every possession except 
uh, I believe the first possession they went three and out. So, um, really a really good bounce back game. Obviously, the Raiders are a team that aren't very great defensively. Don't have a lot of great talent on that that team, but they play a certain way where they make you dump the ball down. They make you have to paper cut them to death, and it's nice to see that Josh was able to do that. And I think this is a this is a big step forward where. If he's just going to be able to do that, that's going to open up so much more things for his offense. And mm-hmm. obviously, the guy that we really haven't talked about yet either is James Cook. Yes. Had, had a big over 100 yards first career game for that. Didn't score a touchdown yet, so I think fantasy owners are pretty upset about that. <laughs> uh, but he's another player that had a really productive day and made a lot of big plays. So Yeah, one of the big takeaways was James Cook. I mean, you hear everyone talking about him, and he showed out. He showed why he is that smart pick for the Bills in the draft and why he – you know, should be the running back number one. Those outside runs he made, I mean, unbelievable. He he even fought through and you know got extra yardage when you wouldn't think he would. And he's he's showing he's showing his his colors as a Buffalo Bill, and I love it. This team's starting to really come together. Dalton Kincaid again doesn't score, but has another great game reception wise. Right, like he was a contributing piece to the offense. The offense was a collective, well oiled machine. The Pistons were pumping, the engine was moving. It was. I don't know. You saw the perfect game against New England in the wild card two years ago, right? That was a perfect game. The fact you're bringing Kyle Allen in at the end, and I get it. It's the Las Vegas Raiders, right? So people are saying, oh, you lost to the Jets still, whatever. I still think, though, that was one of the smartest games I've seen called, I've seen played for a very long time. And I, I was really, really happy with it. And people aren't because they're not seeing Josh Allen be the superstar, right? Like that's the exciting factor of some things go away when you play smart and hang on to the football, right? I mean, you're not going to see him just huck it for 70 yards, but paper cutting away the defense, like you said, just taking the check downs, doing what you need to do, not putting, I mean, he still tried to hurdle someone, so I'm not going to say not putting your body on the line, but I kind of like the hurdling. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Smartness wise, like it, it has to be acknowledged that this was one of the better games. Ken Dorsey's called and the bills have played just I got not like safer. You know it, what it I'm was, saying? It was a clean football game. Yes. I mean, they got stopped in the three and out, and then the only other time they really got stopped was they didn't get scored points. Actually, was the end of the game possession and the turnover and downs at the one yard line. So, uh, very good game and very happy down five. I think this game, it's obviously a little different. Last week was more off season ish takes, maybe more negative takes. This one more positive. So starting off number one. Here we go. Bean knows how to draft. I think this is pretty apparent now. I think a lot of people were complaining early in the game about, oh, he's missed on so many draft picks. They don't have any depth. I mean, you saw it again yesterday. The rookies, Dalton Cade had a big game, big game, even though he didn't score a touchdown, had an opportunity, had was very productive in the passing game. Osiris Torrance had is been probably the most steady off one more steady offensive lineman through the first two weeks. I think McGovern maybe has played better than him, but he was up, he had a bad week one and a really good week two. So the steadiness of Saibo is important. You saw Dorian Williams even make a couple plays in in garbage time, so that was good to see the development. And also, I mean, Terrell Bernard gets an interception. James Cook has a big game on the ground. Christian Benford looks good. Khalil Shakur had a touchdown. Uh, you're seeing a lot of production from the, the last two drafts on this team. And yes, is the the miss of Kair Elam a bad miss in the first round? It's looking like it. But having a sixth-round guy in Christian Benford, who you talked about Max Crosby not getting his name called, yeah. not seeing a lot of Christian Benford being called. He's just being incredibly steady out there in cornerback two and doing mm-hmm. exactly what the coaching staff needs him to do. So, I mean, also Greg Rousseau at Oliver beginning, Dawson Knox had a touchdown, Gabe Davis had a touchdown. Obviously, Josh Allen is a very oh, of course. Pick. So yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot of Bean picks making a lot of plays. So yeah, this this is a good, a good, good game for Bean draftees. No, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think you know a lot of people a couple years ago would say, oh, the only shining star that Brandon Bean has drafted is Josh Allen. That's the only reason people say Brandon Bean's good at drafting. Now you're seeing all these other, you know, all these other draftees really show out and show what they're made of, like. You know, I was like mentioned a couple minutes ago, James Cook, like you said, Dalton Kincaid had a great game, didn't score, but had a great game. Shakir made a big play to get that touchdown. Like you're seeing in Benford is one of the biggest ones, I think. And, it, you know, it stinks. Kyer Elam was the first round pick. Right. But at the same time, Benford, even in the Jets game last week, that Brees Hall breakaway 
would have been an absolute touchdown. Benford pursues him. Like, it looks like Don Beebe in the Super Bowl running all the way down, except he stopped him before the end zone, you know? And he he put the effort in, got all the way down there, and stopped him from a touchdown. Like, uh, you're right. Not getting his name called, but steadily, steadily producing on the defense. And then, so the second take is the interior defensive line shines. We yes. talked a lot about the edges. If I mean, we're still at a good game again, but... A lot of talk about the edges, a lot of talk about this run defense after week one, struggling a little bit. They shut down a lot of people. I mean, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing last year, nine carries for negative two yards. Uh, I mean, his his most yards he had in the game was before his first carry. So mm-hmm. really good game for the interior defensive line. I mean, Ed Oliver had a big game pressuring the quarterback. You saw Daquan Jones make a nice tackle for loss. Just everyone, even you also have Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Puna Ford kind of also in there making plays as well. So this is probably the deepest they've ever been at defensive tackle in the McBean era. And the quality of the starters of Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver, especially the way Ed Oliver is playing, uh, is playing really good football and really making a big impact both in the passing game and you saw it come up this game big in the run defense. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, at Oliver right away to start the game goes out and just absolutely just stiff arms the run. I forget. Was it Jacobs or was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, who I uh, have on one of my fantasy teams talk about a dud this past week, but absolutely just goes out there and just stiff arms him, just sends him to the ground. Just the most alpha move I think I've ever seen. Not really ever seen, but the defensive line really, really kept constant. They even last week against the Jets, constant pressure. Um, there's no, there, there was no one really sneaking through the run defense has been so much better this season already. Yeah. You had that big run from Brees Hall. Like I was explaining about the Christian Benford play, but you're going to give up a couple runs for the most part. They've been pretty locked down on, you know, the line of scrimmage and getting pressure on the quarterback just with the four man rush. And, um, I can only imagine, I mean, we're talking interior defensive line, adding Von Miller, a healthy Von Miller back to the outside, Greg Rousseau has been showing out. AJ Epinesa has even been decent. And Leonard Floyd's been Leonard Floyd. Um, it's it the interior is only going to get better as the exterior comes back to full strength, I think. And we're gonna we're we're gonna be good for the rest of the season. So the third take is uh our guy Spencer Brown mm-hmm. comes up clutched. I don't think Nice picture. Spencer Brown <laughs> was adequate at right tackle. And so many times in his career he's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Did he give up some pressures? Yes. Did they have a? I think cover one said that there was 15 snaps where he was given help either through a running back chipping, a tight end kind of chipping Max Crosby. Allen got rid of the ball very quickly yes. and didn't hold on to the ball. And also Allen's pocket presence, elusiveness also helped. So was it a perfect day for Spencer Brown? Far from. Was it a terrible day for Spencer Brown? Did he allow Max Crosby to take over the game? No. And that's what it, that's what we needed him to do. I mean, it's a, it was a fantastic game plan to help Spencer Brown, but you also had to give Spencer Brown the credit of a really a bounce back performance to at least be the, an average right tackle against a very elite pass rusher in Max Crosby. Right. Absolutely. And you know, that was kind of alluding, like we didn't hear Max Crosby's name very much, right? You only heard him mentioning the superstar. Like you said, it's just Spencer Brown. Yes, you're right. It was an adequate game. Was not a perfect game at whatsoever, but arguably one of his better games as a Buffalo Bill in his career. So I think we're seeing promise with that. I think it's, you know, it's it's not out of the question to say he's going to get better. Um, I think as the offensive line is also in a better position, it helps him. Um, we saw last week, though, against the Jets was not his best week at all. So up and down, we're gonna. I think we're going to see a UPL kind of situation, hot, hot, cold, cold, even if we ever hit hot, hot, you know. But um, I, I, I think, again, I agree, this is – Arguably one of his better games as a Buffalo Bill, for sure. On number four, <laughs> Dr. Allen becomes surgical. Yes. We saw it in the Rams game the year before. We, we we saw it a lot of times. Josh Allen was able to take what the defense was giving him and take deep shots. He was willing to do it against the Jets. I mean, he was very productive in the short passing game, but then all of a sudden he lost it and got a little sugar-high Josh and – Turned the ball over through, you know, through passes that he shouldn't have, should have fell on the football. Maybe the moment, you know, the moment may have, quote unquote, got to him maybe a little bit. So 
it's nice to see that Josh bounced back and had a game where Dorsey gave him quick reads, quick mm-hmm. options. I like how he read low to you know too many times. I feel that like Josh sometimes reads high to low in 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 the routes. This week, I think he did a really good job of reading low to high. And when he hit, when he saw the low guy have enough space, he hit him instead of waiting for the the long routes to develop. He just let the long routes take the defenders away and hit the guy underneath them. We saw it perfectly with James Cook. You saw it with Stephon Diggs. That was not a screen pass. It was a, it was he was out of the backfield. He ran an out route, um, but that was a nice play as well. You also, you still saw the playmaking of Josh. I mean, yes. the fourth and goal play. The clear secure throw, mm-hmm. the play to Davis to hit him. I believe that was a forty-ish yard gain. Yep. So you still saw the the moments from Josh, the the DPI on Diggs. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not, well, yeah, on Diggs. So yeah. you still saw the moments where he took shots, but I think the shots were a lot more controlled, a lot more. Hey, it's one on one. It's mm-hmm. okay. This is he's open. Like it wasn't. Oh, I'm gonna force this in a double coverage. He did a phenomenal job of reading the defense and giving it what the defense wanted to. And then you had to give credit to the Bills playmakers because yards after catch, you saw if Kincaid, Cook. I feel like everyone kind of got involved in the offense today, and it was good to see. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, absolutely surgical performance from Josh Allen. Um, you know, we say paper cutting, paper cutting the defense. That's exactly what they did. Um, he, bar- he did not hesitate to let the ball go. He concisely thought about where he was throwing it. You're right. He didn't try and force anything. Um, he still did. You saw the freak athlete, like you said. It wasn't like you. they completely muted Josh Allen. He's what you want Josh Allen to be. It's kind of the step you saw Mahomes take a couple of years ago from, you know, the superhuman, Superman, like, you know, the whole, he, he, he was in the same situation. Now, you know, you still have great games from Mahomes, but it's more like the game we just saw to Josh Allen where, you know, 31 for 37, almost 300 yards. Like, you know, you're you're trusting, like you said, last week you were you said exactly what they did. He trusted the playmakers around them to do what they needed to do to score and get yardage, and that's exactly what they did. And he put his trust in them, and it executed perfectly. So I 100% agree that he became surgical on Sunday. Yeah, then my fifth take, more of a, more of a negative, maybe more of a, a take – uh, just about the game itself is that and okay. future references that the Bills need to start games better. I mean, you can't let the Raiders come in and drive down the field in like three minutes and score a touchdown and then go three and out. Uh, under three minutes, that was actually a 244 drive for the Raiders. And it was really one of those drives where they give up a third down, they give a big play on the end around, they give up a big play to Devontae Adams on a screen pass. Um, you know, just really not the way a big play from Josh Jacobs on a screen pass. So two two screen passes on an end around. Uh, that's just unacceptable to start the game for the Bills. Just defensively tackling and you know playing communication, fo- having good communication, playing football. So we'd like to see the better there. And then the Bills starting two runs, and then a play that kind of gets broken. Josh just scrambles for a yard. So. Not a great start. Obviously, they rebounded to have the interception on defense. They only gave up three more points the rest of the way. Got another takeaway from Matt Milano. Got a forced fumble from Dane Jackson. Obviously, had the big day offensively after that. But mm-hmm. to start off, touchdown three and out is not the way you want to be doing that against no. a better teams, especially next week against Washington, the way Washington's playing. Yeah, they're, they're that, a well-oiled machine. That would not be a, a, a good formula for success. So but better start is the only real criticism of the game. But uh, overall, a really fantastic bounce back game. This is the game that I, I do to say this. I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit. I did predict that the Bills correctly were going to score 38 points. Unfortunately, the Raiders only scored 10 points. Yes, 20. you were closer than I. Yeah, I said 42 to 21. So or yeah. 40, yeah, 42 to 21. But really, really happy that they were able to bounce back. Josh kind of gets back into his rhythm, uh, and now they're. It's nice to see also they're back on a normal week. Obviously, had a short week this week playing Monday night against the Jets, mm-hmm. having to play Sunday here. So it's nice that they get to kind of go back in their own own week to week, Sunday to Sunday kind of grind uh, for a couple weeks. And then, yeah, it's a it's a big win against a team that was one. No one had some momentum the first couple of drives and to crush that momentum and really do a good job at the end of the half. I think the Bills have to be one of the best teams in the league at scoring before the first half. I yeah. Mean, they did it last week against the Jets, scoring three points. They scored seven points at the end of this half. No, ten, they, ten they're, they're good at putting points ten up. Ten points already, plus the three points they got at the end of the second half of the game against the Jets. Already 13 points 
Uh, I think that's one of the leaders in the NFL. So really good job, just the, the coaching staff understanding that. And I think McDermott also, and before we move on, McDermott I think also deserves some flowers because the defensive play. Uh, he got a lot of crap, and probably rightfully so for last week. You know, Robert Sala and that coaching staff really outcoached them. Uh, especially even when Zach Wilson got injured. Yes. And for them to ha- him to have a bounce back week too, being aggressive, uh, I really liked him going for it on those fourth downs. I mean, on the on the first touchdown drive, I liked the going for it fourth and goal, even though they didn't have success. They did it again. Yeah. Had success. They didn't. They didn't back down I, from it, even though they didn't succeed. I believe the they went time. for fourth down again on the. Um, um, I'm blanking on what drive it was, but it was not the secure drive. I think on the Davis drive, they had a QB sneak on fourth down, I'm pretty sure, as well. So oh, maybe, yeah. They were very you know, aggressive, and I, I like that. And they were able to adjust kind of what the Raiders were doing, and it's a, it's a good win for the Bills. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I couldn't be happier, truthfully, with the way they played. As I've mentioned, it was one of the smarter performances. And, you know, I mentioned Josh Allen's stat, first in NFL history, under 30 years old, to, you know, have the – Five or I'm I'm blanking on the stat the now. Three touchdowns, three touchdowns, yeah. Completion percentage in the same game. Yeah, in the same game. So he's got five of those games in the first under thirty to do that in NFL history. But in Dawson Knox's stat as well. So he's second most career receiving touchdowns for a tight end in Bills history. We also have another one though, another climbing the leaderboard. Stefan Diggs surpassed Jerry Butler and Thurman Thomas on a Bills all-time receiving yards leaderboard. Diggs now has the sixth most in Bills history with 4,357. So, you know, it was a day for the leaderboards. You know, we're, we're chalking them off. Um, it's just, it. I, if they can continue playing like this, I'm, I have the utmost confidence in this season, right? Those divisional opponents like the Jets, we were talking last week, they've had Allen's number. It's not an excuse for the way they played necessarily, but... You know, those divisional opponents, you play them twice a year, possibly even three times a year, like the Dolphins last year. And, you know, you could, you you know them better than anyone. So, um, yeah, it was just, I, I, I'm very happy with yesterday's game. And the Bills and Raiders go way back, you know. The first yeah. team the Bills played in um, the War Memorial Stadium was the Raiders in 1960. Yeah, I mean, they, need, <laughs> they, they needed this type of game and, Again, it was nice to see that the the running game got going. All three backs. I mean, two had a touchdown, took over hundred yards, and you know, didn't seem like they obviously went to digs early in the game. But mm-hmm. it felt like at the end of the game, he only had like sixty six yards, and kind of felt like they didn't use him as much as they needed to in the second half, which is nice to see. Kind of save him some hits, and I really like the the quick game. And I thought Dorsey just called the beautiful game, and there were so many plays where. Oh, you look one way, it's not there. Okay, throw it. We have Reggie Liam motioned out as the lead blocker yes. for, uh, I don't know who it was on the wheel route, but I think it might have been Hardy. He's digs, using digs out of the backfield. All mm-hmm. the motion, I just loved it. They, I love how they're living in now in 12 and 13 personnel. Ken Dorsey came from the Panthers. The Panthers with Greg Olson and those guys of Cam Newton were really good in 12 personnel. And yep. It's interesting, it, you know, the Bills lived a lot in 10 personnel and 11 personnel against with, with Brian Dable and had a lot of success. It's now interesting that they've kind of had a philosophy to go back to it. Uh, not not well, not back to that, but to 12 more tight end usage, 12 right. 13 personnel instead of using more wide having the wide receivers in the field. So, when you got two receiving tight ends and you even have Quentin Morris too who who's caught a couple touchdowns, so um, who and can be useful. You've got three receiving tight ends, you know, who can block as well. It's 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 fun to watch. It's different. It's fun to watch. So before we move on to a little Sabres talk, we have a little bit of an AFC East roundup. Yes. Obviously, only two games this week in the AFC East because one team played each other. Mm-hmm. Um, two teams played each other, excuse me. So obviously, the Dolphins get a big road win on Sunday Night Football against New England 24-17, and the Jets fell to the Cowboys 32-10 on the road in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills now are now third in the division. I don't know if they technically quote-unquote moved up. Um, I guess they were tied for last. Yeah, it so. was all tied. They're, now we're official 1-2-3-4. Now we're officially know. third because the Jets had the tiebreaker on us and Dolphins yes. are 2-0. So um, it's, it's a solid performance so far by the Dolphins, getting two really good road wins against you know quality teams in the Chargers. And, you mean and the Chokers? Chargers. Yeah. and um, <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But um, – so with the charge, I mean, with the Patriots and Dolphins game, obviously it's a big win for them. You know, kind of was a little hairy at the end there, but they end up getting the job done. 
uh, by seven points. Uh, Tua looked pretty good. I thought they mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel's kind of ran circles a little bit around Bill Belichick. Did you see him run off the field with the cameraman? Yeah, after? He's, yeah, he's a goof. Know. But with the Patriots, <laughs> it's just a situation now they fall zero to. I mean, yeah, they played really well. Not just as well, but moral victories against the Eagles and Dolphins. But they just didn't get the job done, and yeah. this offense looks so slow, and they just look outdated. So. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup in two weeks when Miami comes to town. Uh, they're going to be playing at a high level. And if you look at the Jets, I think, unfortunately, I mean, they just need another quarterback. I mean, you just can't compete with Zach Wilson. I know he's trying and all that. But, yeah, three interceptions. The offensive lines looked really bad. I know it's Dallas's front. but And the defense kind of couldn't just couldn't go off the field, which is rare for them. So, uh, it's I th- I would say it's a very good week uh, for a Bills fan, no doubt about it. I mean, going one and zero is huge, and then having the Patriots and Jets both lose, it's unfortunate the Dolphins. It's unfortunate that the Dolphins win, but you play the Dolphins twice, and yeah, I mean we split with the Jets and with the Dolphins last year. We went four and two in the division, so you know anything's possible. I I think you know that it's very possible we could split those two again like like you said though i feel like the patriots might play close like they've been playing closer this season but they do look outdated they don't look like i'm you know what i'm saying they don't have that that juice that these other teams have and you know it's it's interesting to watch them compete though because they have against the eagles who were the nfc representatives in the super bowl last year and the Dolphins, they competed. So I think they can compete. I don't know if they can follow through and win the games, but they're competing for sure. But, yeah, the Jets, the Cowboys, I mean, watching that game, um, the the Cowboys' defense is the defense to beat in the NFL right now. They have, they're have they top tier. You see, they held the Giants to nothing. Shout-out Giants, by the way. What a comeback win for Brian Dable there uh, against the Cardinals after being shut out in the first half again, second week in a row. But, um I think you're gonna just you're gonna see the AFC East shake out. The Bills are probably gonna sp- split with the the Jets. I think we might win the next one. Um, it, it's it's gonna it's too the far top to three is too, gonna be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It's too far to look ahead. Obviously, if you look in the head of this week, the Jets do play the Patriots, so that could be a uh, interesting situation if the Jets lose that game because mm-hmm. then the Bills beat the Commanders, they would eat, they would go up to being uh, second place. So right. Obviously, that's going to be a big game we're going to recap. And then, obviously, Miami, I mean, they're 2-0. and They're playing very well. Very well, and they host Denver. So, yeah, that should be 3-0 and coming into Buffalo. So. Talk about a heartbreaker for Broncos fans, though, that Hail Mary yeah, that didn't des- pan out. They didn't two-point it. But uh, credit to the Dolphins. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup in a couple weeks, I think. But overall, looking at how the AFC East played out, good week for the Bills. Obviously, good result for the Bills. I think the AFC in general... Uh, their inability to beat the NFC right now is helping the Bills as well. I thought they, I think they were zero and six so far, so, or some stat like that I saw. So something like that. Really good start. Obviously, the Chargers going to zero and two. The Bengals going to zero and two. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Obviously, that's going to help the Bills because the Bills, obviously, mm-hmm. if they don't win the division, you're going to look at the wild card. And right now, the I mean, the Browns lost, so they're one. I mean, how many teams are really two and zero? I mean, the the Dolphins, the Ravens, no team in the AFC South is two and zero. Heck, no team in the AFC West is 2-0. So I, the only two undefeated teams left are, right? Am I right on that? I am. No, the two undefeated <laughs> teams left are the Dolphins and Ravens. Um, No, there's a and couple the more 2-0 teams. And I'm saying the AFC. Oh, AFC, you might be right. Uh, let right. me let me stat check this real quick. No, I'm quick. totally right because there's no one in the South because the Jags lost. The Colts lost to the Jags. The Texans lost to the Ravens 0-2. Oh, oh the Titans lost to the the, the Saints. The Chargers are 0-2 oh, with the Broncos are 0 2. The Raiders are now 1 1, and so are the Chiefs. Yeah, the only two teams, those are, those are only two teams that are technically really ahead of the Bills in the standings. Dolphins, Ravens. Yeah, that's that's only 2 yeah, 0. So, teams. I mean, yeah. And you play the Dolphins twice, and the Ravens are a good team. I thought Lamar was going to win MVP, and Lamar looked pretty good. So, really, it's a really he did good, look good. A really good week for the Bills and the AFC as well. So, other than the, I think the Chiefs, uh, uh, well, the Jags are 2 0, but it would be 2 0 that they would have won, but I think you would have wanted to see the Chiefs lose that game. But hey, man, listen, we could be 0 2 <laughs> like the Cincinnati Bengals and have their quarterback, get, you know, not know what's going to happen. So, well, what is it? Is Calf still bothering them? Yeah, is that, is that what's going on? But yeah, unfortunate. Re- re- listen, Bills win, division kind of plays out pr- pretty nicely. I mean, I, I guess if you want to nitpick, you would have liked to see New England beat yes, the Dolphins. That, just that's all I would say. But I, that's just for everyone to be 1 1, but whatever. The kind of turns out where. I mean, it, the Dolphins are in your division, and the Ravens are the only team ahead of you. So, 
a good start to the season. Uh, I shouldn't say a good start to the season because you want them to be two and well, but, right? You but a good bounce back week in all yes. three: ASC, ASC East, and yourself. Yes, they they went out there, they threw the cards on the table, splashed the pot. They they went out there and said, "We're still here." You know, tough week last week, but it put it all in perspective for a great, great bounce back victory for this week. And I'm excited for the Commanders because that is going to be a good game. The Commanders are playing hot. They're playing well. We'll talk more about that, though, later in the week on Friday. You'll hear it, the betting on the Bills. So we'll, we'll preview the entire game for you. But, yeah, expect a good matchup there. We'll get more into that later this week. So transitioning now. If all thoughts have been wrapped up, the Sabers are we're starting we're starting to roll into Saber season here. We had the prospect challenge this past weekend and um, sold out, sold out. People are excited about Sabers hockey. So, I mean, we've even experienced it over the past couple of years when we started really going to games a couple of years ago. Um, I have a video of Dom and I in the preseason of Jack Eichel's year where he was like sitting out because of the back injury. And injury. Um, we were like the only five, 10 people in there. Like there's no, the 50, 50 would only breach like $800. There was nothing going on, but now we're at games. We sit in traffic on the way home. And yeah, while that sucks, people are excited about Sabres hockey and that, I, I don't know. It just, it gets, gets you bubbly inside, but let's, let's run through the, the prospect challenge. Any, any notables you want to bring out right out of the gate? Uh, well, I mean, they went two and one, which is solid. Um, if you want to focus on kind of three guys, we're going to really cue on here. Um, Yuri Kulik, uh, he looked very, he didn't play in the last game, but the two games he played in was really solid. Had the nice power play goal. Uh, same thing, Zach Benson looked, you know, looked like the, looked really good. I mean, him yeah. being 13th overall, I, I blanked on what pick he was. I kept thinking he's a top 10 pick and the, I watched the Sabres in bed. Yeah. Uh, really good. <laughs> uh, I was like, I forgot that this is the 13th overall pick. And then obviously Matt Savoy, who was the ninth overall pick, um, he looked good as well. Yes, unfortunately, very good. So I guess we'll start with the bad news of these three players. Um, unfortunately for their Matt Savoy, um, he did suffer suffer a shoulder injury. Ugh. Um, I don't know. I didn't see if it was his same shoulder he injured uh last summer that he didn't have surgery on, but he had a rehab and missed some time. Right, I remember that happening. Because he missed some time with that, but uh, obviously it's unfortunate. They said he was going, he's going to miss some NHL training camp time. So. Probably going to be out a couple of weeks. Really unfortunate for a guy maybe trying to push for a roster spot. Yeah. Obviously, it's unfortunate that he played. He looked promising, too. Which but he looked really yeah. – honestly, God, I, I think I can make this point. He was probably the best saber. I went to the, the Canadians game, 6-3 win on, on Friday, the first game. <laughs> I would say he was probably their – I think you can make the case he He's was the their best, best player. Him or I, – I, I, we, we don't have him on there, but Rosine looked really good as well. Oh, also, yeah. going to point out to Ryan Johnson looked really good. Really excited to see. He's very close to NHL ready. I think maybe he gets a couple of HL games, but I, I I don't know. You think he's coming up? At some point in the coming season, I think, I think this, you he's think he's get, coming up? I think this is going to be like a Matias Samuelson situation oh, where okay. he doesn't start right away, but he plays like 40 games in NHL. I really believe that. And then uh, Nikita, the, the Russians, Nuchev looked good, and Nikita uh, Ndorov, I'm always going to butcher his name, but he looked, I mean, he's 6'4", he's huge. He's going to play in the AHL. But you can see his experience playing in the KHL that he's going to be a really good bottom pair defenseman in the NHL. So back where I was before I got distracted, I wanted to, I wanted I wanted to make sure we pointed out the guys that we have we're not really focused. Oh yeah, on. no absolutely because uh, they they played really well. But Matt Savoy played really well. It's unfortunate that he's going to miss time. Obviously, with him being in the WHL, he really can't go to the AHL without an exemption. Shane Wright got it. It's looking like that Matt Savoy will get one. So unfortunately, he's probably going to have to go back to the WHL. Mm-hmm. Probably the same thing with Benson. Benson looked pretty good. I think ben, Benson definitely looks like he could, like he's not five ten. Like he looks like he's five eight. I'm, like he's small. <laughs> he looks that's small. Not, that's not really well, the other, I mean, is he but, like Levi's height or smaller? You think? Does he look Levi's smaller? Levi's like six foot six one. Is he? Yeah. I Levi's thought, small. For he's small goal. for a goaltender. He's small. Yeah. He look. Benson looks small, but he also just has a dog in him. Like I mean, <laughs> like this is not what I say. Like my man four checks and yeah, he, he he's looks, aggressive. He he's goes aggressive. after it. He has no chance of making the team, in my opinion. But he looked really good, and he's gonna go back to juniors and probably play with Matt Savoy. Do you th- so, so no chance in making the team at all, or just this season? Are you saying? Oh well, this season. I mean, like he's no. I mean, I, from yeah. the way you said it, it sounded no. like you were like discounting it a little bit. No, like, well, I don't, I don't really. Know. He's, he's just not right. He's not. He's not NHL he does not ready have yet. the NHL yeah. body. I don't. I just don't think he's ready for the wear and tear of the NHL season yet. I got gotcha. you. But I think he's at least a year away. Maybe, maybe two, just because. Kind of on the Matt Savoy train. Just because it's hard to not play in the age. I think it's just hard for these people. The the junior 
Canadians, especially when you're now a good team. Like, Dylan Cousins played one year in the WHL after getting drafted and then jumped to the NHL. Mm-hmm. And he struggled a little bit. But they were, he was able to do that because the team sucked and he could actually play yeah. the team. This Now with the team being good, it's kind of hard to the waste kind of a year of development where they're kind of... Like, Jack Quinn waited two years. J.J. Paterka was two years. We'll see if you're a Kulik. I think Matt Savoy is going to be two years. So Benson, probably two years. But, yeah, he looked good. And then finally, Kulik, NHL shot. Um, he looked really good in transition as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he makes the team. I think he has a real shot. Uh, I think it's really between him and Rosine are going to fight for I think one of them makes the team. I really do. And I think it's going to be Rosine just because I think he's – well, first off, he's older. And I think he, he he's just a little bit more experienced. But mm-hmm. – both those guys, I think, are going to be fighting for a roster spot. And both those guys, I think, are going to have significant moments in the NHL level this year with Ryan Johnson. Those three guys, yeah, they might bounce around from AHL to NHL, but they will play, I think, significant roles at some point, you know, with injuries, of people, you know, missing time for various things. I think one of those those guys are going to be key kind of in between the two rosters, but they're gotcha. going to have a big moment for that. Those yeah, guys. I mean, I, I guess my biggest takeaway – I didn't like you were there, like you mentioned. I kind of paid attention just with all the football stuff going on, though. Um, I, I didn't dial like into it. My biggest takeaway from it, though, is look at look at these younger guys like showing out. Like you said, Matt Savoy was easily a takeaway. Watching the highlights, watching the replays. I mean, it was just it's it's so exciting to see hockey like reviving in Buffalo. Like that picture that was like the the graphic we just had up. That's it's sold out for a prospect challenge. Sold out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like you haven't felt this energy about the hockey team in Buffalo or seen the younger guys doing what they're doing, like having the best prospect pool in the one of the best prospect pools in the NHL. Like that's great for the Sabres considering they're already a young team and they have the chance if they really get hot and get really good and get all the pieces clicking together, if Levi pans out to what everyone's hoping he will. To be a, a dynasty based on age alone. They're young, you know, like they have a lot of years left in the NHL. And this is something like you haven't felt in Buffalo. I mean, in my entire lifetime, I mean, we were really young in 05, 06, like when back when they were really making runs. But I, I guess from when we've been able to really like comprehend and delve in and be a fan of the Sabres, I've, I've never felt anything like this or seen anything like this. So yeah, I think, um, I it's think exciting, it, I very think it, exciting. I think it shows that. There's a lot of depth still left in that prospect yes. pool. I think it didn't even, go away uh, when even when yeah. you look at the the roster, the NHL roster. I mean, Owen Power, twenty, Darlene's young, Devin Cousins Levi young, Devin Levi's up, Turka Quinn. Uh, no, I think I already said Cousins, but I'll say him again because he's that good. Um, <laughs> so I mean, Mr. Samuelson. So I mean, they have a lot of young guys in on the NHL roster, and then you look at their prospect pool, and it's one of the best in the NHL still. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of not all these guys are probably going to have roles as a saber. And it's going to be interesting to see which players they decide because there's a, I think, I think everyone choose from, I think everyone was like, Oh wow. I guess, I guess Rosine, you could throw him in a trade, but he looked probably like the best player at the ice sometimes. So I think that's difficult. Obviously they didn't have Noah Osland as well. So, I mean, it's a, it's really a crap shoot on, you know, I, 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 I don't think all these guys are going to be playing in the NHL. And even if they do, not all these guys are going to have success in the NHL. But it's nice to see that they have options uh, both still on the NHL roster if, you know, Krebs maybe could take that jump. Can Paterka take that jump? Can Quinn kind of get back after the Achilles injury? Uh, can Samuelson take that jump? Can Ryan Johnson now come from college to maybe even just skip the NHL? So uh, Devin Levi, can he not – can he can he learn for what he did for those – Eight-ish games he played and continued to you know start and you know take over the net the crease. Can UPL kind of you know find a role as a guy that plays 30, 35 games yeah. for you when it's consistent? Fit so. in and stay consistent for UPL. But yeah, I mean it's I'm extremely excited for this season. I know you've talked about it and said you're a little nervous for this season to see how things shake I, out. I, I think I think, I think for, it's going to be good. I'm especially with like Levi taking the net. I think we're going to see some solid UPL play this season as well. Um, they're all together. They're all hanging out. They're ready to go. So I'm I'm ready for it. Um, the Bills I have like anxiety about. You know what I'm saying? But the Sabers like it's just fun to watch. Like I don't I don't have that 
anxiety necessarily you know you, you, you get what i'm trying to say there yeah absolutely. like the bills i feel like I i'm think, going into I, I'm, I'm i'm freaking out every time they play well i you think know? for the bills is a situation where they're kind of in win now mode and yeah. you know they're in win now mode they and have so to. you're really result driven mm-hmm. the saber is the reason why i'm nervous is just from the perspective of i don't know if they did enough to ensure results now gotcha like the bills are like really result heavy the sabers kind of aren't right now mm-hmm. i mean they're a little bit because you want to make them make the playoffs but they're more of like we're still kind of developing we're still really young we still have all these prospects in the in you know in the juniors in the hl in the khl so i mean they're still kind of developing where it's like they haven't hit that moment where it's like all right now when now also with the sabers i mean they just have more games I yeah mean, 82 games right also when you get to the playoffs it's not like you it's not one and done where if you lose there's a out, series there's yeah. a seven game mm-hmm. series so imagine could, if football had a series for the playoffs though. yeah that'd be horrific idea. that'd be we, horrible we'd be playing for a very significant long yeah that would the season would go into march before the super march, bowl you it, think I later mean, if it was a seven game series it's seven weeks my well boy. no but like if you played them back to back you really just uh, said uh, let's do it you no, know that's I mean? just dumb <laughs> that's just dumb yeah but uh, again so that's that's where the, the bills and sabers kind of they're, they're on different levels right now. The, the Bills are more win now. The Sabres are more, yeah, we should be able to win, but let's also develop. And the Bills kind of are in the win now, but let's also develop some players to take over some people that aren't playing. Like you see it with the addition of Taylor Rapp. You see it with Dorian Williams. You mm-hmm. see it now with 12 of them are actually playing, but you see it with a lot of positions. Uh, maybe Cleo Shakur eventually gets the slot. Like there's a lot of moves that the bills have made kind of like hey let's get some guys like damar hamlin even though he's not playing let's like get him ready in case jordan porter and michael hyde aren't the, are on the team next year like you have taylor rap like yeah they're 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 in a, the bills are also kind of in a little bit of a situation where like win now but also like that's developed they have a little bit the people yeah. that aren't key contributors right now aren't playing let's make sure we're also developing them because then they had to take over right and we had to make sure they're comfortable taking over and we're comfortable with them so yeah they have to take the reins um, yeah, it's, it was, listen, good week first. Well, good week for – really good week for the Bills. Good week for the Sabres, other than the Mets for injury. moves a two to my heart. But, yeah, right. Uh, excited for the future, excited for the present for the Bills, and excited for the future for the Sabres. Yeah, there's a lot to be excited about sports-wise here in the city of Buffalo. Um, really looking forward to it. The Bills rest of the season, the next few games, and – Sabres starting to show up. I'm I'm excited. I think they make the playoffs. I'm not going to go off of what you heard in the intro from a couple of years ago or year year and a half ago now. Uh, I don't think I don't know if they'll make the run for the cup, but anything's possible. Saw Florida do it. So, but without further ado, that's going to do it for this 100th edition of the Buffalonian podcast. It's crazy to even say that, but um, would like to also make a habit of doing this and also thank the producer behind behind all the equipment over there, Michael Loss, Mooch. Uh, we appreciate everything you do for the show and have been doing for a little while now to help us evolve it into what it is. And I don't know, we went through all the pictures in the beginning. You've seen what we, and if you've been here from the beginning, you've seen what we started at. It was an iPhone in the middle of a table in a basement. And now we have a full on studio setup. So it's been a hell of a ride where we've had fun. Uh, 100 episodes down, hundreds more to go, hopefully, unless we have a falling out like the Beatles, but I don't see that happening. Um, but anyway, I'm Joe Kelly. I was joined by Dom Loss. Thank you for watching. And Dom, how do you always end these? Thanks for 100 and go Bills, baby. Go Bills.